Hello and welcome to the Mr. Lynn podcast. My name's Jacob and as usual, I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. Say hello, JJ. Hello, JJ. Oh, it writes it's said. It writes it's said. You've, you've had to listen to that three times now. Three times. <laughs> We've well, not got past that point three times. That sounds about right as it's episode three of season three. And we were very fortunate in the past week, weren't we, JJ? Very fortunate. Absolutely. What what happened? You tell the tell the listeners we've, what happened. We we've been bollock deep in NG two. Bollock deep. Deep in the art of the deep in the art of well, county, I suppose, but deep in the heart of the city ground. Um, which brings us, I suppose, to to our, our first topic. Yeah. I don't know if we need to <laughs> introduce it anymore, but yeah, me and Jacob had the absolute privilege, or was it even a privilege, of going to see Forest in the Flesh. Uh, and for this one, for this segment, rather than just discussing the match outright, we did something for a little different. Jake, a few glasses deep, Jacob got his iPhone out and recorded our live raw thoughts as it happened. So here's a little special segment for the Bournemouth game. So then, JJ, first match back, walking over Trent Bridge, how do you feel? Woof. 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 Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I can see the ground from here. It's been a hell of a long 17 months. Here we fucking are. So the last game you went to was Leeds at home. Unfortunately. Well, oh, actually, no, fortunately, it was a great game. Probably the best game I've ever seen at the ground, especially atmosphere. What do you reckon for this game? Uh, I'm a bit excited surely because I'm seeing the ground so 4-0 Forest a bladder full of Stella he's just been in Poets for the first time he's had a handful of chips off my tray and he's saying 4-0 Forest what's what's your prediction what are you saying I'm going to go 2-1 Forest both teams score 6-1 Sky bet woof We're here, we're outside, we're waiting to go in. It's currently eight, it's eight minutes to three. JJ, have you changed from the 4 0? Uh, did I say 4 0 Forest? <laughs> Maybe I've had a bit more to drink than I thought. Uh, nah, it's gone up to 7 0 now. Come on, you Reds! You Reds! The half time. Forest losing 1-0 to a very decent David Brooks goal. Ryan Yates hits the inside of the post and it rolls across the goal. JJ, I don't think your 4-0 is coming in, but what do you reckon? Well, my 4-0 isn't coming in, but hopefully my Tyrese 4, nah, it's coming in. Uh, that's quite good. Uh, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob doesn't look too happy about that one. Nobody looks too um, happy about that one. <laughs> uh, I miss the Yates hitting the post. I think we look... We look pretty well, to be fair. Uh, I think Barry Big Bollock's second half, and we could do all right. We just both ate a pie that was hotter than Margot Robbie. Hotter than the sun. It's hotter. definitely not hotter than Margot Robbie. Well, a few things are, but that pie fucking was. But yeah, second half, bring it on, up the fucking reds. Just a side note as well, I'm actually drinking cider because Carl and his dog shit, up it, Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> Just equalised Scott McKenna with a great header from a free kick. 
Oh, it feels on now, it feels on. So Bournemouth have just gone back in front. Really, really sloppy goal. I mean, it's a good build-up, but Samba should not be letting that in. This might be might finally be in Kimbo's camp with uh, Samba out, get Horvath in, but that was far too easy. It was near post, far too easy. David Brooks just sent off for Bournemouth. See you later. See ya. Second book of the defence is pulling back. Jordi Osso 2-2. Two -two. It's well deserved, but can they call it back from here? Nine minutes per set of time left. He's just called Jar Carvalho back. He got recorded when he comes on as well. <laughs> Absolutely got a call when he comes on. This, uh, this is kind of make or break time now for this. Make or break. Carvalho coming off the callback. Deep and out of time here. We're taking a piss over substitution. It's not looking like the result we wanted. Just one last corner, 95th minute. Final whistle just come. It's not the worst forest performance we've ever seen. We've definitely seen better. Just a bit more conviction in the final third, JJ. We've got all the urgency of Boris Johnson trying to get us out of fucking lockdown. Yes. So, <laughs> walking down Arkwright Street, we've just lost 2-1. JJ? Uh, not entirely mad. Uh, I'm, I've seen enough to think that if we play like that against someone that isn't Bo uh, Bournemouth, you know, we could do all right, but very frustrating. However, a bit promising, which sounds a bit daft, but I'm happy. What about you, mate? Yeah, exactly the same thing. It's, it's kind of a continuation from the first half against Coventry and the Bradford game. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's time for Samba to be dropped. That's another game. It's Costas, two in a row. Nuno de Costas. <laughs> he's, he's Nuno de Costas, as JJ just pointed out. But uh, yeah, I think it's time for him to move. I think a couple, just a couple of changes, nothing too drastic. Keep it the same. This is a lot more promising, but yeah, disappointed with the result, but it'll be all right, I think. As they say, we go again. We go again, we lie. So that was the Bournemouth game as it was. And it was a mixture of emotions for me because, you know, it was amazing to, to even be back out really properly in the city, to go for a few beers in the world famous Poets Corner. Uh, for you, for your first time, pop that cherry. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, walk across the walk, walk down Arkwright Street, across the, across the Trent, across Trent Bridge. Um, it was, you know, it was emotional. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a, you know, it was a nice weather. It was a great day. Um, and then you know, to, to watch a game where I feel that we, we didn't really play too badly, but it's just, we're seeing the same mistakes from last season for me. Um, and not seeing the kind of the things that I want to see for a manager regarding team selection and formation and, and even changes during the game. But what do you think, JJ? 
Yeah, I think <clears throat> as those sound bites probably hinted at, I can't really remember what was even said at this point at the time of uh, recording, but I'm looking forward to listening to those back when I edit them. <laughs> uh, surely you can hear us get progressively drunker as the day goes on. But for sure, yeah, a real mix of emotions because it was so good to be back uh, singing. My throat was sore, I think, by the time we'd even kicked off. Um, yeah. And like, it's one of those where we weren't that bad. We still lost relatively easily in the end, but... I came away from it whilst being disappointed that we'd lost again and same old sort of a half-assed attempt. I came away from it just thinking I've had such a bloody good day that it almost, you know, plastered over the fact that Forest of Forest. So I think it was frustrating to lose, but I almost didn't mind because of, you know, what a great day I had. So my throat's still sore now from all the, the singing, but it was, yeah, it was just a great, really great to be back despite us losing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm going to use this as kind of a, a segue into the Blackburn game, but I feel like maybe the emotions of the day being so high and, and like, as you say, having a just a, a bloody great day, as I say in your neck of the wood, <laughs> um, it, it maybe after having watched the Blackburn game, masked over a few, a few insecurities in the team and things that, Maybe the manager got away with a little bit. I mean, starting on the black on the on the Blackburn game, we were watching it, and you know, we started well. We you know we pressed. It feels very much like I'm talking about the Coventry and Bradford games again, and um, it just it all fall, always falls down, and when it falls down, it it never seems to stop. Yeah, if you know what I mean. There's that because that, that's two home games in a row where you could argue we've put semi decent performances in, and then when you just go, well, we were in the game at one all. Uh, yeah, one all against Black. What all? Yeah, it was one yeah. all. Sinking angles, screamer. Absolutely, yeah. Of course. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think about the back, the Bournemouth game, but uh, you know, even both games, you kind of, yeah, you, know, you go down. That's fine. You get back into it, and then to to still lose it, to sloppy, sloppy play. And again, Bree Sammer's not covered himself in glory for me. It just doesn't look like good for the manager or the team. What did you think of the uh, Blackburn game, JJ? Uh, I think you're you were on something when you said that it was slightly different because you didn't quite have the emotion that we previously had in the Bournemouth game, just being in the ground, um, watching it, it just felt almost inevitable. Uh, the whole thing was frustrating. The lineup for me wasn't what I wanted to see from that bit. It was frustrating. Watching Colback just play recklessly and not very well. Frustrating. Figs, not knowing how to pass a ball or mark a man, frustrating. Otzi Tutu going down with hamstring, frustrating. Um, the referee, awful. Like there were so many things where it just felt like one of those nights where you just know what's going to happen. It's, it feels inevitable and it was just not nice to watch. Um, and I think to say that, you know... <sighs> At halftime, the the team were getting booed off. Um, when he swapped uh, Martin for Carvalho, there was shouts of "You don't know what you're doing." Immediately followed by you know people singing for Sabro Lamucci. I tweeted this out the other night, but you know <laughs> that is really bleak. Like that is a dark place for Forest right now, and it just feels to me like that game 
that game to me was probably the end of the line after a, a months and months and months of just getting frustrated and disillusioned and you know the win against Bradford slightly brought me back on track for oh this could be all right actually that's a bit of excitement here but no I feel completely disillusioned with them and I think we have to make a move to change things soon otherwise it's just going to be a repeat of last season and I don't really know how much I can put up with that really yeah uh, I, I mean I mean I can't disagree with any of that I'm I'm looking at Hooton and I you know I'm not going to Line, and I think we can go back to the old podcast and pull up the recordings and things like that. And I didn't want him anyway. And even if he was successful, I could foresee long term issues as similar to Brighton, read the brand of football that he plays. But I just I can't see it ever working. I just can't see it ever working. Uh, we don't seem to be bringing in typical Hooten type players. Um, just it just it, it doesn't seem like a very good, very good marriage for me. Um, that no. being said, I, I can't I can't see them getting rid of him anytime soon. Yeah. Personally, I think I think we're they're almost too invested in trying to, and you know I can understand why they're trying to go a bit longer term with managers and things like that. But I just, for me, I would probably pull the trigger so that somebody's got, you know, eleven twelve days of a transfer window, if not just a week. But also, I just I kind of respect that that might not happen. So, yeah, I don't think it will happen. Um, I don't think he'll go. I think if he does go this season, it's off the back of, unfortunately for us, it will be off the back of quite a few more losses in a row. Um, but I think if we, if it's going to happen and that's going to be the case, then why not just do it now? Like, obviously we don't know. We could turn it around. We could be unreal. But as far as like these things feel inevitable and we're just going to be stuck in the the same old routine and I think I see a lot of people on Twitter saying that the fan base is fickle for almost well not everybody would turn on Hooten some people have wanted Hooten out for a long time but I think it boils down to the fact that I think anyone in any sort of form can be positive when things are positive and negative when things are negative and right now Things are very negative, so I wouldn't particularly say it is fickle to slowly over time um, disillusion with the club and not want Hooten to be the manager. So, the the, the way I like to describe because I, I know exactly what you're on about and the, those kind of uh, fans kind of rub me the wrong way a little bit. Uh, the way I like to describe it is I will support this club. Yeah through thick, fat, thin, through Notts County blows to fucking Man City highs type thing. They, they are my club, that's it, full stop. Nothing can do anything about that. But if this team right now wants me to cheer for it, wants me to not boo at half-time, not boo at full-time, not sing You Don't Know What You're Doing, not sing Sabri Lamucci's name, then they need to get me on side. And it's something that Chris Hooten's never really done. Yeah. Uh, Sabri Lamushi did it. That's why for me, I wanted him to have more time. You know, after after the capitulation at the end of the pre of the what was now hard to believe two seasons ago, um, I wasn't Sabri out because you know of, uh, he he had me on side. I didn't agree with the football he was playing or anything like that. But you know, we were turning games over. The, the Leeds game at home obviously always stands out. Um, but. And then, you know, he, he he had the terrible start to the following season, so he had to go. But, you know, Chris Hooten's never had me on side. No. You know, and he, I just... I, I, and, you know, I, 
I say it's about all the all the players that pull a forest shirt on, but I want every I want everyone everyone in managers forest to be successful. I don't I want everyone to be the next Brian Clough, you know. I know uh, yeah. I'd love to I'd love to be sat doing this podcast in five years' time when we're you know, but you know, waiting for the Champions League draw with Chris Hootenstein in charge. I would I would be mad for that, but I just don't see it happening. No, and I think like I'm the same, I would love us to do well. If Hooten turns round fucking gets his racing up to the playoffs. I certainly don't want people to be like, well, you're on on his side now. Um, like, I wanted him to do well. I'm not sat here not wanting him to do well. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's right for us now. I think it's best that we pull the trigger. If he turns it around and he starts performing, then I'm as happy as your next man, but I just can't see it happening. There's a few people, a few players on the pitch, I think a genuine quality. I think Zinkanago is way too good for us. Alex Martin, something special. How he got brought off, I don't know. That was a mistake. But that was a mistake. I'm just everyone else at the moment. I'm just not excited by. I think I get why we've not gone gone for it in the transfer windows like last year, where we went over the top and we're having a more considered approach. Otzi Tutu, when he did play before, he seemingly snapped his hamstring once again. Looked great. Zink and Argel is f- absolutely brilliant um, and Horvath looks all right. But without these further additions that are with that quality, you look at the bench yesterday and with no lolly, like our attacking options, if you're not going to bring on Taylor and you're going to swap Carvalho for Martin, our attacking options look very limited. Well, I think you know. I think it's something that we've. And I'm keen not to rehash things that we, we we talk over and over again. But you look at the three, the signings you just mentioned there. So Zink and Argel, uh, Osei Tutu, and Ethan Horvath. You know they are. They seem to be good signings. But did we actually need any of them? Mm. Did we need another goalkeeper to sit on the bench? Did we need a, another right back to come in to just to play out of position? Did we particularly? I know Zinc and was fantastic. I completely agree. But did we need? A, did we need another winger? Not really. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. And as just, as it stands yeah. as well, like you can play, you could have the attacking the best attacking talent in the league up top. But whilst you're playing Yates and Colback, who last night especially looked completely clueless, um, can't you can't play be, It's not going to be any good for anyone. I understand the role that one of them could play in a team. But I don't understand yeah. how you can play both of them. I think it's acceptable. No, a callback for me, just in every aspect of his game yesterday, just looked immature. Um, you know, he's putting in some stupid tackles. He looked constantly on the verge of a, a second yellow f- throughout the game. He passed sideways, he passed backwards. He didn't offer any value. So, yeah, I, I'm just fed up of it, really. Get Garner yeah. in and we, things change. Garner and Yates or Garner and uh, Fauna. Who knows? Oh, James Garner and Tyrese Fauna. For hell yeah. 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 All for that. But I can't really see us getting it. I'd no. love by the time this podcast comes out that we've got Garner. He would make a difference. But then you still look at your back four and you just need a question. need a left back. We need a left back so badly. That's That's the... You know, Finn back again against Blackburn really stood stood out. Seems solid. Knows how to play a pass. Uh, he should be first choice right back for me. Um, we need a left back. 
pro- I mean, as quickly as possible, quickly as possible. And um, we really need Joe Worrell or Ember So back yeah. as quickly as possible because Tobias Figueredo is just a shadow, a sh- absolute shadow of what he used to be. Yeah, hundred percent. I used to really like Figueredo, but I mean, anyone that's listened to any episode of the podcast knows that at the moment we aren't the biggest fan of him. So not on board. Yeah, not on board for it. But I feel like by the time we get these additions, if we do, by that point, are we already playing catch up? Is it already too late to do anything? Uh, I know there's teams that have a late surge, but it's, yeah. That's my worry with pulling the trigger on the manager too late. You know, it's just, and I know we're only three games into a 46 game season, which is, you know, ludicrous really to be talking about getting rid of someone, but I've not seen it. I've never seen enough. So yeah, we said um, last year that we could put up with another sort of weak finish if we got to see young talent and it was exciting. And to a degree, we have the ability to see that. But whilst you're playing with those tactics and those formations, you're not seeing these young talents at their best. So. Yeah. That that could, that could me. definitely be the flip. That could definitely be the flip side of this. If we let's say we finish, I don't know, but essentially don't finish in the bottom three, and we we don't spend a load of money on for no reason, and we blood a lot of the youth team, I could potentially swallow that. Yeah, as a whole, but I just, you know, you you have to entertain people, and you do that by either winning matches or playing well, and we are doing neither of those two things. And the scary thing is, a week on Saturday, Derby County. Derby County. I suppose that brings us into our into our next topic of looking at and predicting the next two games, which will start with Stoke City away at the weekend. JJ, what are you thinking? <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, I feel like we started this season of the podcast trying to be a bit more... Um, positive again but <laughs> it's so quickly dipped back into negativity it's almost impressive uh, Stoke City the name strikes fear into my heart after what happened um, oh god yeah I hate to say it but I just unless something drastic changes I can't see us winning um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in before you before you and I'm going to predict what I'll take, which is a nil nil draw. Yeah, that's I was gonna I, go one one, I, but I'll take nil nil. I'll take nil nil, which is shocking, and then leading us into the big one, Natalie, the big one, which is Derby County. Oh, we're glassing over Wolves. Oh, good God! Yeah, of course, Wolves in the League Cup, of course. Um, I mean. Whew. Ooh. I don't really care. To no. be honest, I don't mind. No. I don't mind if we win. I, if we win, great. If we lose, <clears throat> it's great. A, it's a free hit. <laughs> Play the youngsters again. Um, it'd be great to see them. If we lose, it's expected anyway. If we win, it's exciting. Um, I, I'd, I'd actually be really on board with it if the exact same team that started against Bradford. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Honest. Um, maybe he'll maybe rest someone like Zinchenko, who seems to be. Um, incredible. Um, yeah, he's more important to the league. But yeah, a young squad not too dissimilar from what we saw. It's a free hit. Go out there and you know 
actually give a shit in our shirt and if you win you win if you lose you lose for me yeah I mean I, I mean it, I can probably see Wolves doing something similar as well yeah but you know it's, it's a win-win for every player on that pitch because if you lose nobody actually cares so that's already a win but if you go out there and you and you know and you do something and something that the Forest fan base I think is particularly well known for is if you put a performance in or if you you do things that we like then you know we'll fucking sing your name until you get on the pitch yeah. Jao Carvalho is a huge example of that so uh, you know I think it's a, a, a wonderful opportunity for any and, and you know Tyrese Fornar after the Bradford game what he came out and said about stealing people's shirts it's all it's all fun and games but when it comes to actually getting on that pitch he'll do anything to do it um yeah 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 absolutely so it's a it's a win-win for whoever whoever gets the opportunity to to, to prove something to the manager and a win-win for us because if we win, we're through to the round of the cup. And if we lose, then we don't have to think about a cup that we actually don't care about. Yeah. Which now brings us on to the big one, Natalie. God. Derby County. Are we? Um, well, as negative as I am about us at this moment in time, I'll never, ever predict a Derby win. So, for I- Forest. I think... I- I'm going to go 2-1 Forest. But I think that this could be the make or break game for Chris Hewn. You know, yeah, you look at Stoke away and you think, yeah, you know, we've both predicted fucking shithouse draws. So, you know, you kind of, I don't think he gets sacked after four games. But if he loses that and I kind of anything other than stuffing Wolves midweek and we come into that Derby game and we lose the Brian Clough trophy for... First time in what three years is it something like that? We haven't scored a goal against us, have they? For yeah. hours on end. So, you know, if, if he loses that to make it five losses out of five, he he has got to be gone, Daddy gone, got to be. Yeah, um, so I, I can only assume that the quality of that game is going to be fucking awful. Yeah, because um, they're both again, broken you know, clubs. So any kind of winning that game could kickstart the whole season. So it's kind of a. I don't know. As I say, it's a win-win, but it's it's absolutely not. It's a it's a it could be a humongous game for Chris Hutton, but it could be the real. You know, he's not going to get an opportunity like this because you know, let's say if the next game was just against another championship team to go five out of five losses, then yeah, he's he, you know he could have already lost the dressing room. It's going to be hard to get him up for it, but you know, no matter what's going on, I think it's hard to get anyone up for for a local derby. So. Yeah, I think that could be that could be the make or break game. Yeah, definitely. And plus, with a couple of days still for the transfer window for whoever they could get in. So yeah, I'm sure we'll do a, a bit of a bumper podcast episode preview in the derby game, and by yeah. that point, after Stoke and Wolves, who know where we'll be? Who who knows where we'll be? Sorry, in actual English. Oh, who knows? Who knows? Well. Thank you very much for joining us again. If again, if you're listening for the first time, thank you very much. If you're back for the back for a, a first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and I think we're up to twenty episodes now for the for a twentieth time, then uh, one thousand thank yous. But uh, yeah. come on, you Reds, and we'll hopefully speak to you soon. And hopefully, uh, we'll soon be having a reason not to sound so depressed. Uh, oh, also, uh, well done for listening out this long. But another key phrase word that you can slide into our DMs with on Twitter to win yourself a shiny Nottingham Forest shirt Natalie again Russian but okay go on what, what, um, word, what word are we going for unfinished business
<laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think anyone would have survived this long to make that, but yeah, good luck. Good luck. Thanks for listening. Bye. You reds. <laughs>